We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's the KC Laboratory Live Edition presented by Emprise Bank. When Emprise says they're going long, they aren't just talking yardage. They're talking retirement too. Save for the future you've dreamed of with Emprise Bank member FDIC, our partner in possible. So appreciative of them. It has been so much fun to have them part of KC Sports Network. It's been a lot of fun to have these two in my life for the last five years. Four or five, I don't know what it is exactly, but uh we're gonna talk some chief Steelers. we're gonna talk some chiefs bills here to help me do it my dear pals find them on twitter at chief in carolina maddie lane this is kind of a flu game for you yeah talk is a generous word for what i'm gonna do <laughs> i you know gargle my way through this uh i feel fine my voice is just on the fritz so we are gonna try to power through because our beloved chiefs took it Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers. I actually have no animosity towards Ben Roethlisberger. I know a lot of Chiefs fans do. No idea why. He's I mean, he's a bad dude. Don't get me wrong. But like as a player, eh, who cares? He's gone. He hasn't been relevant for like half a decade. Let's move on, right, Craig? Yeah, sure. Let, let's move on from the old guy. Yeah, on to another old guy. Me. Yeah, I was a little taken aback by by Kent reminiscing at the top here. I, that 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 took me off. It cut me off guard a little bit, buddy. I don't, hey. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> I yeah, because because all the Chiefs have done for the past four or five years is win playoff games, yeah. and we have become kind of numb to some of that. Not not all of it by any means, but to some of that. And the Chiefs now for the fourth straight season have won a playoff game. That's absolutely outrageous. Chiefs have never won back-to-back playoff games in franchise history. They win one for the fourth straight year under Patrick Mahomes. It's awesome. It's a good time to be a Chiefs fan. I have some thoughts on the numbness uh, that I'll be talking about in the game preview article uh for uh for KC Sports Network later this week so be on the lookout for that but yeah we got a lot to unpack today because uh the Chiefs take care of business they do what they're supposed to do uh there's some stuff to unpack there you know also I think everybody I'll I mean I think I said this on the show on the KC uh, uh KCSN live post game show last night but it honestly I think every Chiefs fan watching that game I think everybody kind of knew that they were going to win it, even when TJ Watt returned that fumble for a touchdown. 
But I think that in the back of your mind, you're just comparing the Chiefs to what we saw in the Bills. So like I think this this episode's kind of gonna serve both functions. There's a lot to to look at the Steelers game, what it can tell us about the future, which is really all that matters now. But um let's just I Maddie, we didn't get a chance to talk to you on the post game show last night. So just some overarching thoughts from you on Chiefs Steelers that you may not have got out there quite yet. I'm glad the Chiefs figured out offensively what was going to work for them because when they came out and started with their kind of just basic scripted plays, which was the same stuff they do every single week. It wasn't like they were necessarily bad plays. It's the same stuff they've had success with the last eight weeks or so. It just wasn't working. I'm glad after the fumble, they kind of opened up. After that fumble and score, they quit trying to dink and dunk their way with these little spacing concepts over the middle that the Steelers were driving on everything. They got a little bit away from those quick bubbles in, like right away. They got back to them, but they got away from that boring stuff that was making the offense not work I mean, to start the game. So I was glad they figured that out. They looked great for the rest of the game when they were trying. That was phenomenal. I was glad that Jarek McKinnon got a lot of run. I liked what we saw out of him. One of the big things I think about this game, and you could see it as the game went on, it seemed like the Chiefs realized that that ref crew wasn't going to call things ticky-tack. So TJ Watt was killing them to start the game, but I think you started to see them get a little bit more physical with him. They started chipping him. They started throwing him around. They realized that these refs weren't going to come up there and call it, and you get all these cool screenshots of TJ Watt clawing himself up off the grass, wiping off the dirt off his jersey, and then going where's my flag? Where's my flag? Over and over <laughs> again. So that was great. I liked how the Chiefs kind of adjusted to the refs mid-game because that was just a little thing that it was nice to see them be the more physical team versus the Pittsburgh Steelers and the faster team and the better team. Yeah, you had to love Nick Allegretti absolutely bodying mm. TJ Watt to the ground, spinning around, catching a touchdown pass, and then to watch all of the Chiefs offensive linemen just absolutely mob him. Like that was, that's my favorite moment of this entire game. And I'm glad that we had one of those moments. I mean, Travis Kelsey threw a touchdown pass. Don't get me wrong. There's lots of fun moments in this game, but that one is always going to stick out to me. Like we're going to be referencing that one for years and years and years, you know, because it was so awesome. And to watch the, just the pure joy and the physicality, like we've seen, the Chiefs offensive line play with physicality. We've seen them play strong up front to watch them take it to a Steelers front that is physical. I mean, it, they are full of a bunch of physical guys to watch them go out and do that. Then on the defensive side of the ball, watch them rough up some of these receivers. It was just really good to watch a team that, you know, when we think of Mahomes, we think a high flying offense. You don't typically think of physical, you think more finesse. This Chiefs team is a lot more physical than we've seen out of them, you know, basically than other Mahomes teams. So it's awesome to see that get to happen in the playoffs and awesome to see them take advantage of it in the playoffs. That was, yeah, credit to that front. That front might be better than what the Chiefs seen this upcoming week against Buffalo. Like that is a very good group with a blue chip, all pro pass rusher in TJ Watt and, and the Bills can't say they have that. So that's something you know, that was a really good job by the uh by the Chiefs offensive line. Um the guy I, I don't want to I don't want to breeze past him too quickly. The guy running behind him for the majority of the game was Jarek McKinnon. And I mean you saw him against the Broncos play well, play really well, play with a lot of energy. Uh when there wasn't a ton of energy uh for that team in a in, in as Maddie calls it a meaningless game. 
Um, but man, he played, he played out of his mind. That was literally like, I was looking at receiving rushing yard output for McKinnon in his career. That's one of the top three, I believe. I think if you put it in context of the playoffs, that might be the best game of Jarek McKinnon's career, Maddie. I mean, it has to be up there on the list because I mean, he was phenomenal and the Chiefs weren't like they weren't relying on him to run a ton. I think you saw a lot of people clamoring for the Chiefs to start to pound the rock a little bit when that offense was struggling to start. But I think the issue was Daryl Williams clearly didn't have it. I do like Derek Gore, but I think his his section of the playbook is limited. I, I think there's a reason you only see him on specific runs in specific times of the game. So I think he just doesn't have access to the full book or they don't feel comfortable running everything with him. So it was kind of only Jarek McKinnon. And this is, I mean, only his second game being, you know, a big part of this Chiefs offense, like something they're relying on. So I get using him sparingly, but man, anytime they went to him, good stuff was happening. It's the, There was so many plays that looked like you wanted to yell at him for trying to bounce it outside, but then he was able to get the corner. And I don't know if Damian it's Williams. just... Do what? Damien Williams. Oh, yeah. Very, very similar. And he a lot more wiggle. I don't know if he's got the same acceleration, but a lot more wiggle. And that was what we were going to get to. But he gets outside on these other runs that Daryl Williams, Clyde Edzieler, they can't do it. And I think that kind of caught the Steelers off guard a little bit. I think they were playing to, you know, kind of stuff some of these interior runs. They were playing to defend just those cutbacks. And all of a sudden you have Jarek McKinnon who can beat all of their front seven players around the edge. And then once he gets there, he has some wiggle that they can go through and go ahead and make a guy miss in open space. Like, I think that was huge for the Chiefs. And I like that they put this on film because now the Bills have to respect an outside run game as well as the inside run game. It's not like McKinnon was useless between the tackles. He was still good there, which is like now the Bills have to respect both because of what he just put on film. Yeah, and we've seen the Chiefs try and use you know outside outside zone heavy attacks with Clyde Edwards-Helaire and Daryl Williams to not a ton of success. Like, I mean, let's be honest here; it's not been the best attack that they've had on the run game. And to see Jet McKinnon go out there a guy who's clearly got the most juice. I mean, we've been talking about it since the preseason. He's the guy that if there is a home run hitter in that room, it's him. And you got to see that because you caught the Steelers team completely unawares. They were able to really kind of attack the edges, get you know some of those screen passes out to him in the flat you know, head of steam. He was just phenomenal. He really was phenomenal when they chief put him on the podium earlier this week it was one of those it was like oh that's interesting well the you know, been him, uh? yeah and giving him eh? a little bit of an attaboy for his performance against denver then all he does is come out start the game and when daryl williams clearly went out there and went yeah this isn't as andy said wasn't able to really push off the way that he wanted to you know in, in that backfield then all of a sudden it was like hey let's lean on jet Let's see what's going to happen here. And it was just, it was largely good. It was really good to see him being patient and also being able to hit some of that stuff that just is that different element in the Chiefs run game. So obviously they're going to keep going, running back by committee. I don't think that this is going to be just Jeff's job to lose, that he's going to get 100% of the snaps or anything like that, especially after Clyde Edwards-Hilaire gets back. But it's going to be nice to have that one-two punch again and have somebody it can really stretch the field and take the, you know, basically take something to the house if he gets that open runway. I think he's earned the right for the lion's share next week, regardless of if Clyde is back or not. Please. I was watching. 
I was watching. Well, I watched back and I, I got my article ready for tomorrow. Kind of looking at a lot of the things like the Chiefs gave the Bills a lot to look at. Like they gave them a lot to look at their tendencies under center and what they did under center this week. One of the things I was looking at, boy, they gave them a ton of things. And a lot of it had like basically everything that they showed on under center worked. And um, but I kind of speaking like you're speaking about the run game it really wasn't as much outside zone. There was a lot. I mean, there from under center at least. Um, and Jet McKinnon, he was able to. I mean, they they ran a lot of different stuff with him, but he bounced a counter run uh, to the edge. He bounced or he he bounced his outside zone run all the way down the sideline for a couple big runs. Like two of his biggest runs came on one gap, one zone. Um, the screen game, like you kind of mentioned, he was he was a revelation in the in the zone in the zone uh, or in the uh, screen game like he was he was making stuff happen um he was making stuff happen at the second level with some burst explosiveness and agility that we really haven't seen from anybody he's got a little bit more long speed than everybody too like he was featured in about any way you possibly could and like there's only other one guy that you could probably mimic that with on this football team and that's Clyde Edwards Lair so both of those guys have shown an ability to util- be utilized in more ways than a, than a Daryl Williams and a Derek Gore. Um, the tendencies, the ability, and, and, the, and the call sheet, you're, to your guys' points, a lot bigger. So, you know, a two-headed monster of, of McKinnon and Clyde probably makes a little bit of sense moving forward uh, for this football team. And, I, again, like, I... I want Jet McKinnon to, to be the guy because like I I'm not trying to I'm not trying to knock on Clyde but like tell me what Clyde does better than Jet McKinnon right now Maddie oh I'll knock on him uh, nothing I think one of the biggest things that's I mean given McKinnon that we haven't talked about yet is it's all the hidden yardage that he gets so mm-hmm. you throw these little shoot routes or the little flares to the running back when you get it out there early. The Chiefs haven't used Clyde a ton for that. He's been a check down guy in the receiving game the majority of the time. They're not getting it to him early, but when they have, I mean, there's been some plays where it's been good. That's where his best moves in the open field have come, have been linebackers flowing to the sideline trying to stop him, but it's just different with McKinnon. Daryl Williams, he's getting a lot of these, but when you watch Daryl Williams run these routes, he catches the ball, he turns up field, and then it's just kind of the first defender up there is pretty much going to bring him down. Yeah, he'll fall forward, but it's going to be a six-yard gain or whenever the defender gets there. McKinnon's speed and then elusiveness in the open field, all of a sudden these plays aren't being six yards. They're eight yards, nine yards, 10 yards. He's picking up more out of them because of that speed, because the ball gets out there quick. I think it's huge. I think it's really big. You're going to be going up against a much faster defense next week with the Bills. So it'll be interesting if you're going to challenge those same linebackers and safeties to get out there to the sideline. But just the fact that they now have to respect it, again, kind of like the outside run, you're doing a lot of stuff that's going to be spreading that Bills defense out right now. That's going to open up the middle of the field a little bit. And we know that's where the Chiefs want to go. I mean, they they did a fantastic job, the Chiefs did, showing and proving that they can do a lot of different things on the edge this week. So you talk about the screen game. Just, I mean, even in, I, I was looking specifically and focusing specifically under center, but like it's just another thing you got to look at because, you know, they were throwing these now routes. If the leverage was soft on the corners, they would stand up and just throw the ball. Um, they did that with blockers out in space. So like they they kind of created some edge throws just, you know, out of under center, which they really haven't shown a ton of this year. Just, just the breadth and the width like of, of and the variety that this team showed is so massive. And obviously, like I know Maddie, like the game script early didn't like look great. Um, but at the same time, like they put a lot out there for these teams to worry about. I'm so, I'll tell you this, I am so mad that the Wildcat play didn't work because that would have been two straight weeks that they 
would have been able to put something on tape of them utilizing that and steal some time from Buffalo. Like time theft is important when it comes to preparation for these teams. And the Chiefs give you so many different things to look at. It's problematic when you're trying to prepare for them. If that wildcat play hadn't turned into a fumble and the exchange was clean and Daryl gets four yards, the Bills are going to have to work on that. I don't know if they're going to, I Greg, I'm not sure they're going to work on that stuff, but regardless, I feel like they did a good job of, 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 of putting some, you know, putting a lot out there for the bills to worry about. Greg. Yeah. And the, you know, uh, to the credit of this staff, they've done that every time that they've either gone up against the bills in the past couple of years or right before they played the bills, they've really put a lot on their plate. I mean, we're, we're quick to, you know, move on from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's best game was against the Buffalo Bills when they decided to lean heavily on a power run game, on a gap run game. They absolutely decimated that Bills run defense last year with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at the helm. That's not to say that we're going to see that, but, I mean, it, it is one of those that they're just going to keep putting stuff on tape and having Jarek McKinnon be that additional element is just so important to what this offense does just like having McAdoodles in Kansas City adding to that element in your liquor store game is going to be so important in the summer of 2022 coming to Lee's Summit in this year just a handful of months guys you're going to be able to go to a McAdoodles right there in the Kansas City area go get your booze Go get recommendations on your booze and not pay a fortune on it because that's the spot that you need to go. They're going to get you hooked up for tailgates. They're going to get you hooked up for parties. They're going to get you hooked up for whatever you need. Coming home on a Friday, need an extra recommendation? Go to a Macadoodles. Now, it may be a little bit out of your way. That might be a problem. Maybe you live a little further away from where this Macadoodles is going to be. That's why you need to be hounding your franchisees to get a hold of Roger Info at macadoodles.com and get one closer. Let's put them all over Kansas City. That way, no matter where you are, no matter what you're trying to do, there's one right there close by for you to go and take full advantage of this additional element that's being brought to Kansas City's liquor scene this summer in Macadoodles. God, you're such a professional. I'm so jealous. Wow, you're good at this. Um, all right. <laughs> Great. Craig got, I, the, this is not going to do well for audio, but Craig had a little swag there. It was kind of funny. Uh, speaking of swag, some championship swagger on the defensive side of the football. That group mm. was dealing against Big Ben in his uh, loser leaves town match. Uh, it was a, uh, it was uh it was a lot of fun to watch that group, honestly. And, and they dominate. I think I saw some stat, I think at halftime is like the first, was it the first like first team to every possession ended in a punt for them or something stupid like that? It was absurd. They had a bunch of like there's it was just a ton of punts uh forced for the majority of the game in the first I mean the first half they they punted and they did I don't think they crossed the 50 until the second half, Maddie. They didn't, and it was essentially a continuation of the first matchup. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't do anything. There was nothing the Steelers offense could do. And the Chiefs very clearly had a good read on what the Steelers are going to do offensively. They know very much what they are. I think I heard the stat. The Chiefs lead the league in defensive reps that they are lined up in press coverage. 
it was even higher for this game. They were like <laughs> in press coverage, lined in press, like 67% of the snaps or something like that. Just something ridiculous because they know what the Steelers are trying to do. You know, tip of the cap to the Steelers for realizing what teams had been doing to have success against the Chiefs, throwing those vertical rail shots down the sideline. Ben was missing them over and over again to start the game. He was leaving them inside by a good five yards. Great coverage, good plays by the Chiefs DBs, but Ben wasn't throwing them in the right spot to really let his guys get a chance. You saw later in the game, James Washington of all receivers came down with a couple of them by actually being near the sideline, you know, where people are winning. So that was about it. It seemed like the Steelers' entire idea was maybe we can run. They couldn't. Maybe we'll hit a couple rail shots and we can pick up chunk yardage. They didn't, and that's how you get like what six straight punts or something like that. Seven, Maddie. Seven, <laughs> seven straight punts. If you exclude the kneel down, I mean, that's that's exactly what it was. It it was phenomenal. I mean, the Chiefs. Uh, the first time that the Chiefs played the Steelers, there was one drive basically before the middle of the third quarter when the Chiefs went soft and just kind of let the Steelers do what they were going to do and kill the game off. There was one drive that was 57 yards long and it ended up as a missed field goal. It wasn't until about the nine minute mark of the third quarter that the chiefs had allowed 58 total yards to the <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers. At that point, they were allowing negative yardage on third down. Like it was, they, they were phenomenal. They, they won on first down, something that they have not done particularly well this year. Steelers couldn't get the run game going. They couldn't get the short passing game going. They just couldn't get anything going. Even though Ben Roethlisberger is throwing the ball lightning quick, trying to hit this stuff underneath and just try and pick up these three and four yard gains, they weren't able to do it still. And so then they got themselves into these third and mediums, third and longs. The Chiefs defense comes out, puts on a great performance on third down, gets off the field, gives the ball back to the offense. Now, offense didn't move the ball in the first quarter, but as it neared the end of the second half, when the offense was really kind of humming there and clicking, I even said in the KCSN Discord on the game day thread, I said, man, defense comes up with the stop here, gives the ball back to the offense, they can double dip. Well, the offense scored quick, and then the defense got a quick stop and gave the ball back to the offense, and they scored quick. Like, Everything was just clicking in such a great way on defense that they were able to come up with not only good stops and punts and three and outs, but quickly. They were able to shut down exactly what the Steelers were doing very, very rapidly. And that's kind of why that first half took as long as it did because there wasn't a rolling clock for most of it. But it's also the reason why Patrick Mahomes set the record for most passing touchdowns in a span of time, you know, in what, 11 minutes or something Under like that. 11 he minutes. He scored, he threw five touchdown passes. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, listen, that's a full credit to the offense. I'm not trying to steal anything from them, but it also is a defensive stat as well. The Chiefs weren't turning the ball over. They, they got one turnover one during that time period four seven punts before that one turnover absolutely outstanding job by spags obviously they have the Steelers number that's not going to necessarily stay the same as they up you know come up against some of these other playoff opponents but when you got the Steelers number like that and you're playing them in a playoff game and they're going to throw everything they can at you to stand up and shut them down to even greater extent than you did the first time is amazing to watch 
not to pat this show too much on the back, but like that, we about pegged exactly what we thought the Steelers were going to do. And they did, <laughs> they did try to take some more fades. They tried to take some more shots outside the numbers. Uh, and they, you know what? That was really the, their best offense was those outside throws. Some of those throws over the corners heads went in at the catch point. They made a couple of those and those were their best plays on the day. If I'm, if I'm not forgetting. So you know, we we talk about moving forward, and we can talk about moving forward a little bit now, If honestly, if you, unless there's something else you want to talk about defense. but We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You have something, Maddie? I was just going to say, I think the whole world predicted what this game was going to look like because Matt Canada is the offensive coordinator. Yeah, like it's. <laughs> It was pretty clear. Um, I don't think so. Th- this is gonna be my next question. I was gonna transition us, but that's okay. You've already got it. I was just gonna say. So, we saw this game. We saw what the Chiefs just did. What from this game, knowing what the Steelers are, do you think carries over to the next game? Like, what from this game actually matters moving forward, given how much of a mismatch this was, essentially on both sides of the ball, but especially from the Chiefs' defense to the Steelers' offense? Like, what part of the Chiefs' defense moves forward in the playoffs? Oh, man. Like, that's mm-hmm. tough because Ben was still throwing the ball, like, two. I think he averaged 2.3 seconds again. Like, it, it so completely takes a pass rush out of it, which is fine. I mean, they're doing that on purpose because the Chiefs' pass rush is so good and their offensive line is so bad. But I think the thing that matters on defense – was the intensity, the aggression, and the willingness to hit from the majority of the Chiefs' defense there. That was That's what mattered because we, we've seen some performances towards the end of the year where they haven't had some of that, where they haven't had been able to match that intensity, been able to take it up and not play that physical style that you talked about right there at the top of the show, Maddie. Playing as physical as they did, I do think, does translate I think they're going to walk into that Buffalo game wanting to punch them in the mouth too. So we'll see. That building on that is going to be important. I think there's another level of intensity that this team has. I think there's another level that they can achieve. I think the Bills achieved it this last week. I think they played with the kind of playoff intensity that 
is, you know, that's going to be required this upcoming week. I think the Chiefs have more in the tank. I think the Chiefs haven't shown the kind of, uh, you know, the kind of playoff intensity that we're accustomed to. And I, I look at the beginning of the game, and none, and none of it felt like a playoff game, honestly, for the majority of it to me. Like, I do think that there was some tone setting on the defensive side. Like, you think about Juan, you know, flying around. Like, I do agree with that to some extent, but I think there's more there. I think there's more urgency in this football team that we didn't really see that much from Pitt, from from the Steelers game. I think the Chiefs, I think they opened things up a little bit offensively, but I didn't kind of, I don't, I think there's more there. I think there's more in the tank for this unit and, and for both, both sides, honestly, which is, a, which is encouraging and exciting. I think I'm not saying that the Bills peaked or the Bills, you know, you know, went there earlier, but I, but I mean, like as a, as a, a complete problem, but, that was an exorcism for them in a lot of ways with the steel with with um with the Patriots. And I think they just jumped in from day one or, or from you know from the first snap of that game were ready to fly around. It it seems like there's still more left for the Chiefs. I don't know if you guys got the same vibe I did, but it didn't entirely feel like a playoff football game. It felt more just like a regular Sunday night football game, which which guys would be back to yeah, so as the I... football. I think for me, the, the, I do think the bills peaked because they're never going to approach any game with that same level of intensity. They're not going to go into any single week with trying to literally eliminate the opponent like they were going to against the Patriots. I mean, you saw that all the way through the game, Mm -hmm. they were trying to put them in the dirt and then cover it up and then stomp on it a few times. So yeah, I think the bills have technically peaked. It doesn't mean that they're going to be bad. It doesn't mean they won't be just as good, but I have no no doubts that they will not do seven drives and seven touchdowns again, whereas I'm not saying the Chiefs will either, but it does seem like there's another level of intensity. There's another level of, hey, the Bills beat us. They talked a lot of junk doing it. They were beating us up on the field while they did it. Maybe we want to get our revenge now. There's like that psychological aspect of it, which wasn't there for the Chiefs versus the Steelers. I mean, like they literally just smoked them. <laughs> Who cared? Whereas the Bills wanted to put the Patriots down. So, like, I fully see that there's another level of intensity. I wanted to go back to what Craig said, though. Ben Roethlisberger was getting the ball out in 2.35 seconds on average. That was his average time to throw in this game. That was the second lowest of the weekend. Josh Allen, Bills quarterback. Highest of the weekend at 3.17. So almost three-fourths of a second longer. That's why it is hard to kind of draw comparisons. I mean, you can go into average depth of target, the mobility. It is really hard to see things that are going to go from this defense, from this performance to next performance. But I'm going to ask Kent, I'm going to ask you the same question. What did the Chiefs offense do in this game that you think translates just to not even just the Bills, but moving forward? I mean, I think that freedom that you saw for that 11 minutes of beauty, like, you know, playing with some freedom, playing with some confidence, playing with some swagger. And like, I think they started locking in as soon as the Bills, as soon as the Steelers kind of started, um, you know, got up seven, the Chiefs kind of said, all right, let's let's go to work here. And I think the play calling was exceptionally timed for the rest of the game, honestly, after that. Some of the things they did early in the game were setting some things up, like Tyree Kill's touchdown was set up by uh, a simple hitch flat concept they had used earlier in the game. But um, I thought everything was kind of just kind of in a rhythm and Mahomes, I, you say it all the time, Maddie, Matt, he was throwing it from his chest with his chest. And I think, I don't know if, if he wasn't, if he was quote unquote, not awake, but I think that that was the perfect kind of primer for him coming into, you know, there's, there's another gear for this unit to hit. There's another gear for this team to hit Mahomes kind of revved the engines up a little bit. He got 
just scorching hot, scorched earth. Uh, I think Bobby Stroop said Patrick left in the first quarter and Levon came out for the rest of the game. And like, that's like, I think you're going to see four quarters of Levon coming up. So that's what I'm carrying. I think that that was confidence building um, positive. And then, and then the other thing is we talked about is Jarek. I think Jarek McKinnon, that's another thing you take away from this game. I mean, uh, for me, it was, it was a screen game. I, we, we talked about it, you know, a little bit this off season, how it was decreased last year and how it was very understandable that it was decreased in its usage last year. I, it was one of those that you, you expect, you know, you're, you're on offensive tackle four and, you know, a bunch of interior offensive linemen and everything has to be so precise. We've heard Mitch Schwartz, you know, highlight it, talk about it, detail it on Twitter. Like everything has to be just down to the, the very thing that you're doing. Jeff Allen talks about it all the time too. I, it's one of those that has to be perfect for Andy to want to call it. And we haven't seen a ton of them this year. And maybe some of that's because they're bringing in these rookies. They're bringing in these new guys. They know it's back there in their pocket, but everybody's new and everybody's learning it. Now, all of a sudden you see it unleashed a little bit more at the end of the year. And then really unleashed here in this playoff game. That's a lot because Andy's bread and butter is his screen game. And it's, you can argue that the best thing that Andy does is his screen game in his entire playbook. So having that going and getting to lean on that a little bit more and knowing that you've got all these other concepts, you've got these other things that you can go back to and lean on when defenses start trying to aggressively fill on some of that. That's really where he can get in his bag. That's where we can see some variations. And that's where we can see explosive plays and moving the ball underneath with the screen game. I'm really looking forward to more and more of that. It doesn't matter who's catching them. I just want to see more of it and execute it as well as they were able to execute it. Because, man, that just makes this offense hum in a different level. Yeah, I think the screen game kind of, I don't want to say re-emerging because it's kind of always been there this year, but it's come back from last year where it was gone. It looked really crisp versus the Steelers, and I think they were taking advantage of a an aggressive defensive line that was getting beat. Like, they had to make a play. They knew it, so they were being overly aggressive. I think that helped, but it looked good. The Bills' defense, they're going to be aggressive too. They're not going to sit the defensive line, the front seven. They're not going to sit back and just wait for things to happen. So, yeah, you could see it come back for sure. I wanted to just kind of focus in on some of the vertical shots because we've talked about it all year. Specifically, I have. There's not outside the numbers vertical shots. They're not. The Chiefs don't throw those. Well, the Chiefs scored two touchdowns on them this week. Now, they weren't super deep, and they were both actually kind of off of a little bit more of an inside release, but they both did work back outside. You had the sluggo by Byron Pringle, then you had the inside fade from Hill out of that tight split. But just doing that, putting those two out there, that's going to make a defensive back, you know, expect or not expect them, but have to defend it. You now have that on tape again. So all of a sudden, are you going to play a single high safety? Are you going to play cover one robber with, you know, Poyer sitting in the middle of the field on third and four, ready to catch a tip pass for an interception, return it for a touchdown? Or are you going to go sit in too high so you can protect your not great corners because Tredavious White's hurt over these, you know, these potential vertical shots? Then you saw Travis Kelsey work that deep over across the field. Like they got the ball downfield a little bit better in this game, despite having, you know, a backup right tackle blocking the defensive player of the year. So I think <laughs> that's big. 
I think that's huge for this team, especially going into this matchup, but any matchup they have the rest of the way, that they will have a more potent offense. Just having that threat of the vertical shot makes this offense more dangerous. Now, are the Bills going to respect it because of one game? I don't know. But now you have some confidence in yourself that you can hit it, that the Chiefs know they can hit these shots. So I think that goes back to Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball with his chest. He's confident. He's he's doing that thing now where he's buying an extra half a second by sliding in the pocket at the last second. He's trying to escape, not to scramble, but to create a new throwing window. These are the things that we wanted to see during that rough offensive stretch where it wasn't there where it seemed like he was trying to play from purely in the pocket, that's gone. He looks like he's comfortable now using Orlando Brown's size to move around, using this all this stable interior offensive line to step up, then work to the side. Like He's understanding how he can play his game with this offensive line, and I think that's huge for the confidence of him, but also just like that's how far this team goes. It goes as far as he can throw it, and if he can keep playing like this, I mean – there's no team that's going to beat him if he can harness that 10-minute stretch and stretch out even just a one-half. Just that level of play for one-half, I don't think this team loses. Oh, it's over. It's over if that happens for one-half. It doesn't matter. Like, Josh Allen's awesome. That's not to say that he's bad. Like He's awesome. But, man, that's a that's a different level. LeVon Le- is a different level of player. Ugh. He, I mean, and I think the thing I loved about what we saw from him and, and why I think you know, throwing from his chest, the confidence, the freedom that he's playing with, that freedom came with confidence in everyone, belief in everyone. And maybe I think about McCall Hardman and like McCall Hardman's primarily been used on all these short things and these short passes. But last couple of weeks, whether it be design or out of structure, there's been some explosive pass plays that have come down. So one of the one of the passes and one of the more explosive pass plays of the day came second reaction where you know, he, you know, he came back to, to Hardman uh, on a corner route and Hardman stepped up, caught it, adjusted vertically inside and almost broke it, almost broke that play. So he's getting all these guys involved too differently. I think he's throwing with a little bit more confidence. He's playing with some freedom. He's not caring as much who's, you know, there, there seems to be some, something switched with him where he's not thinking as much. I think there's been times where he's thought when he's throwing to Byron Pingle, he's thought when he's throwing to McCool Hardman, he was just playing with freedom. I think that's kind of the stuff that you're talking about with like what's going to translate, you know, like this is all kind of coming together. Things like this has been the ugliest season in the in in the Patrick Mahomes era. You know, there's just been it's not been clean. It's not been as For enjoyable to watch. <laughs> Time out. Where did we start, Craig? Listen, where did we start here? Because you, Listen. it looked a lot like Bob Sutton's. Just like took a, it. Just took a. Just took a little bit for everybody to get healthy. That's all. Just it wasn't. Yeah, squint hard enough, and you can see a, a competent defense. No, I. I just. Yeah, I. I think offensively, you know, the elements are all there. They have shown for stretches what they're capable of doing. I have a lot of thoughts coming. I am really excited about this game, and I, I'm going to save it. I'm gonna save some of this stuff because, like, I, I've, you, you were about to go rant. You were about to, you were about to go full rant, right there. there. There's, I'm holding some stuff back. I'm holding some stuff back. Like, I'm sure the Chiefs are holding some stuff back. Um, just quick, some quick thoughts, and we're gonna get into the details on the Bills a little bit further. Um, just, you know, how do you feel? Like, what's your confidence level in this football team? How do you feel about this game? Um, as we sit here on Tuesday, we haven't really got a chance, or on Monday, we haven't really got a chance to watch much Bill's tape, uh, all 22 is not out, all that stuff. What's What are you feeling right now, Maddie? 
The last thing I want to do in the entire planet is try to tackle Josh Allen with a head of steam. That dude is huge. He moves well. He understands how to get behind his shoulder pads. Oddly, for a quarterback, he's good at it. Like, that's going to be a key, I think, for this game is how do the Chiefs speed up his process without allowing him to scramble? Because I don't think the Chiefs have more than one or two athletes on their defense that can match his athleticism. I don't know how much Willie Gay is going to play. I don't think Legereus mm-hmm. Sneed is going to be in a position to spy him frequently. I don't think, and even still, Josh Allen's a big dude. Like, I can't guarantee Sneed will tackle him every time, even though he's a good tackler. So, like, that's the key. How do you hurry up Josh Allen without letting him get out into the open field and prance around like a prime Cam Newton? Because that's what he's doing right now. It's like, that's the key matchup. That's what makes me uneasy about this game is, Josh Allen and the Bills have figured out how to make him their running back one and their quarterback one, and they're not having to force it to make that happen. Yeah, that terrifies me, especially out of empty, you know, like on a third and four, like where you're going to have the Chiefs maybe in their dime defense and a little bit spread out. And now you're asking Ben Neiman or Dan Sorensen or one of these defensive linemen if they can get by the, the Bills, you know, offensive line to try and bring down Josh Allen, that's going to be tough. Like that, that, that's, that's a really tough scenario, but on the defensive side of the ball, like this defense has been good. Like if you look at their stats, they are really, really good. The Kansas city chiefs have, they have the third most passing yards and that game that they played earlier this year, third most passing yards that the bills defense has given up. The other ones were, you know, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and other good offenses. They haven't played a ton of really good passing offenses, so they haven't had to really get into exotic coverages. They haven't had to really stress what Sean McDermott does well. So I'm there's going to be some stuff that they're going to have saved back that they are ready to use in the playoffs. They certainly didn't have to use them last week. So, I mean, they're going to be ready with some extra stuff. So, I'm curious to see how the Chiefs respond if the Bills come out with a little bit different game plan than they've shown before and how they're going to be able to adjust and get Mahomes rolling again. I think the last time that these two teams played, one came with playoff intensity. And I'm very fascinated to see mentally how the Bills respond after getting the monkey off their back in Arrowhead earlier in the year. I'm curious how that much like that affects this team because Are they able to lock in and play with that same kind of chip on their shoulder when they felt like they exercised the demons in early, um, you know, early in the season? I'm not sure. One thing I am sure of, go talk to Hal at Ruback Fine Jewelry. I've got friends that have had that conversation with Hal. I shout out my dear pal, Josh Briscoe. I was driving home. uh, I was driving home. Uh, from from the post game show last night, I heard him waxing poetic about Ruback Fine Jewelry on the radio. I agree with him because Hal's incredible. Hal, if you're looking for an eng- engagement ring, he's gonna sit you down. You're gonna have a conversation with him, and he's it's gonna be stress free. He's not trying to push you into something that you're not comfortable budgetarily or whatever. He's gonna try to make it a seamless, easy process, uh, and it is. It really is. There's you know a lot of people. You know, there's a lot of big jewelry stores that are gonna try to you know, extend beyond your budget. They're going to try to steer you in the direction that maybe isn't in the best interest of you. Hal's got your best interest. And you're working with the oldest jeweler in Kansas City when you do this. Not Hal, just Ruback. Find Julie. Hal's, 
how's how, how's not quite that old uh but make sure you go to reback.co you set an appointment with him if you're looking for an engagement ring you are not going to regret it he is going to you know you're, you're going to look fondly on this experience and that's something you want when you are making such a big decision like this all right stickers slap before we move time. on before we move on just because i can't talk you don't get a steamroll me kent who is going to win between the Bengals and the Titans? Oh, mm. no, I'm going to go first. I'm going to go first. I'm going to say it's the Titans. I am. I'm going to say it's the Titans. I, I just, I have question marks. I, I, and that Titans offense, even without Derrick Henry has been quite good. AJ Brown is their guy. And I've been saying it for weeks now. I think that he has changed everything. Everybody was focused on Derrick Henry being out as the reason why that offense didn't look good. A.J. Brown was out for a lot of that as well. Since he's been back, they just seem like they're clicking on a little bit different level. Yeah, they got taken to the brink by the Texans. I get it. I get it. Divisional game, I'm going to throw that out a little bit. So I think that that team is going to beat the Cincinnati Bengals at home. We'll see. Maybe, maybe Jamar Chase gets called for a couple OPS. We'll see. The AFC Championship is in Sunday is on Sunday at Arrowhead, so I don't really care. The winner of Chiefs Bills is going to the Super Bowl, but give me the Titans reluctantly because I really want that third game and that that coronation of the Chiefs winning the AFC West again to be in Arrowhead. But I think it's going to be the Titans. I'll take the Bengals to be contrarian. Um, I don't know what this matchup looks like. Generally speaking, for playoff games, the hierarchy is. First, I look who has the better quarterback, which is the Bengals. Then I look who has the better coach, which I think is the Titans. I do think Vrabel's the better coach. Easily. I just, I just don't know if he's going to go out there and coach circles around Zach Taylor, though. Like, that's the issue. And the thing is, the Bengals don't win through their coaching on the offensive side. It's a college offense that just says, hey, we got good players. Go be good. So I don't know how that's going to play out. That's going to be interesting to watch. I will take the Bengals, though, because they clearly have the better quarterback. I think they have for whatever momentum's worth, a little bit of momentum. So we'll go with them. They have a lot of injuries in the defensive line, though. That's my big concern. They lost, what, two more defensive tackles in this game? It doesn't matter if it's Henry or Foreman. That's a lot of running coming right up the middle if you're down to a lot of not very many defensive tackles. Bengals defense Can- is soft, by the way. They're not about that I mean, much. if they're missing Trey Hendrickson and Larry Ojojovi, like, yikes. What was that that can change a lot. Yeah, that can change a lot. Can I can I continue now, Maddie? Is that okay? Uh, yeah, I think we're good now. All right, time for sticker slaps and spirits. Here we go. I'm gonna hand out a helmet sticker to Tershawn Wharton. Nearly got an interception. Did get a sack. Uh, that was <laughs> if he had gotten that interception. Just the fact that it came that close was a lot of fun. I was really hoping that they were gonna turn Big Ben over more than they did but Tershawn Wharton almost got that and he did get a sack of Big Ben so a helmet sticker for our guy Tershawn Wharton um I'm gonna go with big Nick Allegretti um caught a touchdown more impressively than catching a touchdown he blocked defensive player of the year TJ Watt he held up defensive player of the year TJ Watt and then when it was time to go do his business which was catching a touchdown he took that man's soul picked it up in the air gave it the big old power bomb onto the turf before catching a touchdown then coming through with the power spike left TJ Watt sitting there crying for a flag because he got bodied. Yeah. 
definitely big old butts up to Nick Allegretti. He got like 28 of them just on the play from the rest of the teammates that were happy that he got that touchdown. I'm going with a whole ass bottle of vodka to Andrew Wiley. I know this is not the first time I've given one to him, but my goodness, I, I we have to talk more about what Andrew Wiley's doing out there. It is not perfect. You saw him get beat. I understand that he's going to get beat by the defensive player of the year. That's going to happen. But he is not such a liability that the Chiefs are unable to run their offense. We have seen times where guys like Nick Bosa or last year in the Super Bowl where teams have been able to really wreck a game plan. Joey Bosa with the Chargers, you know, in previous years. Guys have wrecked game plans for this offense, and they've struggled through. We got to see Andrew Wiley go up against the defensive player of the year, and the Chiefs just casually put up 42 points. And so that was really, really good to see. It wasn't derailed by the fact that he was out there. So, once again, another whole last bottle of vodka to Andrew Wiley for just showing up and being great in this fill-in role at right tackle for most of the season so far this year. All right, that is going to do it for the KC Laboratory Live Edition. Make sure you're checking everything out on KC Sports Network. This is a massive, massive week here. We are going to have so much content and so much great stuff coming from so many different perspectives. You're going to want to hear from... Uh, Mike and Jeff, you're going to want to hear from BJ, Nick, and Tucker this week. And we'll be back later with the game preview edition of this show. So excited. It, it, I, I'm mm, Rance, Rance, trying, Rance trying to come out right now. We're going to simmer down, but you will see him later this week. We'll catch you later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.